So for Halloween, you go in as one of them Genshin impacts, huh? Uh, the anime and I have a very contentious relationship. I like a lot of the shows, but there's very little about the surrounding culture that I like. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I can watch anime style like any of the different styles, even like the chibi stuff and all that. But if I see it in a video game, especially a 3D video game, it just like churns my stomach. It looks awful. So this what? has been an old man rant for the week. You're gonna sit here and li- no, we don't have time for that. Have you what seen those service? <laughs> what do you mean we don't have time for this? We we literally have all the time in the world. We have we so have much very time important... to keep interrupting Russ. Sorry, Sorry, we have very very important work to do. Have you seen those services that will take your credit card and pull the chip out of it and put it into a new, much cooler metallic card? I have oh, I didn't those. know that was... I've seen those cards I didn't know was a service. Oh, that's interesting. Well, some of them... I mean, like, if you're really rich and you have, like, a black MasterCard, like, that's not a service. Mm-hmm. That's just... You're really rich. But right. now they have services where you can... And I really want to do this, but I'm terrified to do so, where you ship them your debit card or whatever, and they punch the chip out of it, and they stick it in a new really cool metallic one. But I saw a guy having one made on TikTok the other day, and it he they took his credit card and made it into a Bulbasaur card. I mean, that's pretty cool. A metallic no, bulbous. So, like, what kind of? I don't know how. This is the wildest flex nuts I've ever run across. Where it's like, yes, I'm the biggest nerd ever, and also here's my metallic bulbous or credit card that I'm going to use to buy these zucchinis with. Boop. Is it a fairly Boop. quick process to make? Because I would, you know, if someone were in person doing that, I'm not going to send my fucking card off to somebody. But if I could hand my card, see them, and then get it back right away, I'd do that. Well, watching the TikTok, it seems to take about three minutes. It's, the, the the big delay is post. You could make a uh, million yeah. dollars if you set up a booth like this at an anime convention. You fucking could. <laughs> All right. If any of our <laughs> listeners would like to send me their credit card, I'm sure I can figure out how to do this thing. Just go ahead. Fry, uh, this 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 scam of yours, you've been running this for years and you haven't made a dime. If you could it. mail me your pen as well with the credit card, that would help the process go smoothly. Oh, my God. Okay. Right, Did you know if you type your password onto Twitter, it, it knows it's your password and it no. replaces it with asterisks? No, let's start this. Warning. This podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This, a celebration of mediocrity. In this and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, Watch This. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This. I am James. I'm Russ. And I'm Fry. And I would like to review his house. His house. Uh, Warning in advance, this is not going to be very funny because this is a really good movie. (laughs) (laughs) There were points during the movie when I thought I saw something that I was going to find objectionable. And then in the very next scene, they address it. And it's like, oh, never mind. So... Just watching the intro, I wrote, well, <laughs> they didn't need a ghost to make this a horror story. <laughs> like, it's it's already just so tragic. They're exploring all these feel, these feelings of belonging and survival in this really profound way that I thought was cool. I literally wrote, I can't clown on this. <laughs> <laughs> I like that both the husband and the wife experience the phenomenon, but have totally different reactions to it. <laughs> Yeah. Like, he's freaking out, and she's like, oh, this isn't going to be good, <laughs> you know? But she's very calm. Um, she deals with it like a roach infestation. Oh, we got witches again. <laughs> <laughs> Get the vacuum. Yeah, it's um, that scene where he suddenly realizes he's eating a dinner in basically a table in the ocean that with, with just that wall. That was not only a good scene, but it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, was just, it looked really amazing. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah, I just, yeah, I finished up with, fuck yeah, just watch it. Jesus, so many emotions. So, uh, yeah, just, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. Like, there's no reason not to. Well, I'm hoping we'll have some more fodder today. 
And yeah. this is a movie oh, yeah. that you're going to have things to clown about, but also I had a whole <laughs> lot of fun watching it. Like this, okay. this week's movie is the podcast. We are back to form, <laughs> gentlemen. This is why this podcast exists. All right. Well, spooky season is coming to an end, isn't it? Sadly, yes. Sadly, got, yes. Are we doing one more spooky episode after this? No, we're not, because this one drops on the 25th, and then the week after that is the 1st. Ah, yes. Okay. So this is the, the week after that, this we have to it. find another uh, uh, like autumn-themed movie that isn't <laughs> spooky. This is our last spooky. Well, true to form, I said I was going to have four weeks of spooky trivia, and sure enough, I followed through, and I think this may be the hardest, but we'll see if you can do better than last week's 2 to 2. All right. Let's, so let's these are see just, what we can do. <laughs> so the scores are Fry 39, James 35, and away we go. Oh, there are absolutely no hints this week unless I screw up and get excited and give you a hint. Okay. Okay. In what classic horror film does Tannis Root play a very important role? Well, that sounds familiar. Could you give me a hint? It's Tannis Root. Yeah. That actually sounds really familiar. I think this is wrong, but I, I think it might be Silence of the Lambs or Silence of the Lamb. Negative. Ah. Did you say this this classic movie? I said classic. Classic. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's guess at a classic horror movie then. And I'm just going to say Hocus Pocus. <laughs> a little bit more classic than that, Fry. <laughs> I was going for Rosemary's Baby. Okay, oh, similar okay. levels of classic, I think. <laughs> both Probably dealing, on a lot of the same lists. Both dealing with witches. Yeah. Mm. In what horror movie series do we meet and contend with the Springwood Slasher? It's a movies, you said. Okay. Scream. Good guess, no. Oh, then it's I Know What You Did Last Summer. Good guess, no. Oh. Wow, I I really... Fry, it's poor decorum for me to guess three in a row without you getting it. Yeah, I really feel like I should guess something here. Just right out staring into space. Uh, uh, That's probably the Predator. Well, boys, (laughs) this was a trick question because he was called the Springwood Slasher before he died and became everyone's favorite dream demon because that was Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Which horror movie led to the MPAA's PG-13 rating? Really, a horror movie was the, the cause of that. Oh, it was easily. It was E.T. The scariest <laughs> movie I've ever seen in my Did life. Did you know E.T. was originally scripted as a horror movie? That, what? Yeah, it, it, it was scripted and produced and made as a horror film. It's the most terrifying movie <laughs> no, I've ever seen. I, I'm not even joking on that one. It was produced, it was scripted as a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and it was originally oh. going to be called Night Skies. Hmm. Huh. That sounds like a more interesting movie, but I mean, I guess it wouldn't have made as much money, so good for them. You know, in, in this decade of reboots, I, I think they should reboot it with the, gritty the writer's <laughs> original vision. <laughs> Zack Snyder's E.T. Oh God, that sounds like that sounds like the worst movie I've ever been pitched. Okay, all right. Uh, no, I still haven't guessed anything for this. Uh, <laughs> I forgot what the question was. I'm too busy thinking about Zack Snyder's E.T. This <laughs> this is the movie, the horror movie that led to the MPAA's PG-13 rating. I want to say oh, The Exorcist. Oh no, much later than that. Oh okay. no! Wasn't it? Wasn't it Poltergeist? Negative. That would be Gremlins. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I can. See I that. feel like you could make a, a case for that being an R, but sure. Well, that was the, that was the problem. It was they thought it was too yeah. scary for PG, but not scary enough for an R. Right. Which horror film starred an actor who didn't know he was in a horror film? Oh, that's The Shining. That is The Shining. That's, that's oh. a fun bit of trivia about The Shining. Didn't know that. That was Danny Lloyd. The boy did not know. Oh, I mean, that's right. He terrified all those people on set. Yeah, I remember. It's like freaking. <laughs> I love that Kubrick <laughs> was an asshole to everyone except that. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, little Danny. All right. Netflix once accidentally placed which horror film in its LGBTQ section? 
Oh, I remember this. I remember uh, this too. But I don't oh, remember the, what the movie was. It was really inappropriate or something like that. I don't know if it's inappropriate. Oh, well, I don't know. I remember there being sort of a kerfuffle about it. Maybe not a controversy, but a kerfuffle. Led, led to the creation of a new gay icon. So. <laughs> well, I mean, this is already, I think, like a iconic gay film. But I mean, is it's not Little Shop of Horrors, is it? Nope. That was already kind of... Okay. Are you sure you weren't th- trying to think of Rocky Horror Picture Show? Which <laughs> That also, would be the yeah. one that I was trying to think of. <laughs> like, yes. Little Thank Shop you. of Horrors, I don't think no, is what yeah. you're going for there. No, well, I was I trying mean, to think of the Rocky Horror Picture Little Show. Little Shop of Horrors is definitely a horror musical. In my head, they're the same movie because I don't <laughs> think I've seen uh, the Little Shop of Horrors ever. <laughs> Dr. Frankenfurter and Audrey 2 share screen time. <laughs> I'm just going to take a guess at this one because I, I really don't know. Uh, let's say it's Hellraiser. I am Baba Shook because that is the Baba Duke. Oh, uh, the Baba Duke. Oh, the Baba Duke was. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I wasn't thinking of that at all. What is the name of the first feature-length film about Doctor Hannibal Lecter? First chronologically, or first in release? First in time? produced in. Real time. It's not Silence of the Lambs? It is not. Huh. Because I, I remember Hannibal and Red Dragon came after that. Yes, they did. I can't... Oh, I know. It was the Face Ripper, I think it was called. Negative. It was a different tone. It was more of a slasher thing. This one was... <laughs> different actor. Five years before Silence of the Lambs. Oh, wow. Wow. Same character, same actor? Not the same actor. Same character. Huh. Aha, Fry, Fry, we got a hint. Hey, we did get a hint out of him. Oh, so it was a character called... Oh, it was Hannibal. <laughs> oh, Hannibal was after. <laughs> Come on, that's a kind of funny joke. Because, you know, Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal, that... Uh, anyway, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, really, I really don't, don't have even a worthwhile guess on this one. Well, that would be Manhunter which was later remade as Red Dragon, and Dr. Hannibal Lecter was played by Brian Cox. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which horror movie am I quoting? Sometimes dead is better. Oh, Oh, that's that's the Pet Cemetery. Yeah. That is Pet Cemetery. Also, I think an episode of South Park. (laughs) Sometimes dead is better. At the end of Poltergeist... What does the dad move outside the motel room that the family has moved to? The television? The television. Oh, yeah, that's right. In The Exorcist, the demon's true name is Pazuzu. But what does Possessee Reagan call him? Hmm, I really don't know. Is it something generic like the monster? Nope. Oh, she calls him uh, Bill? Uh, She does not. Bill oh. from accounting? Yeah. No, I got nothing. <laughs> See, I, wait, I, I find that I just... James has like eight answers. And it's like, well, Fry's going to give one at some point. <laughs> no, no, I really don't have anything for this one. That would be Captain Howdy. God, you know what? That's right. I, I remember that now that you said it. Are we certain The Exorcist is a good movie? Has someone verified that in the last decade? I have watched The Exorcist so many times and I love it. Especially that, that bit where she's getting like the... What is it? Some kind of like angiogram or something where she has like the blood mm-hmm. spewing out of her neck. Oh my God, that's such a good scene. <laughs> and Captain finally. Howdy reminds me of the uh, the name of the disease in... Uh, oh, Captain Trips. Stephen King? Yeah, go to Captain Trips in that, that Stephen King... The Stand. The Stand. As someone currently living through a pandemic, I <laughs> didn't appreciate naming the flu Captain Trips. That seemed very unlikely. This one, you know, our pandemic is so much more boring. Well, and finally, in Get Out, what does Chris use to not get hypnotized? I want to say it was like a piece of glass or something? No. It's like a mirror, right? Or something? No. Boys, you disappoint me on that one, because there is no symbolism to be found here whatsoever. The answer is cotton. <laughs> oh, that's right. He that's pl- yeah, right. Okay, I remember. Plugs his ears. Well, dearie gracious sakes alive. That was three to Fry and not to James. None Ooh. to James. 
I did a bad job this time. And so that puts our score at Fry, 42, the meaning of life and all that, and James, 35. I think I think we should just set 42 as the target number. I mean, it's <laughs> the meaning of life, the, the universe, and everything. Fry, you're doing, Fry, you're doing better there. this time than you've done, except for, of course, the last time when you actually beat me. So I don't know why you're so, like, <laughs> gung-ho. You should be like, you know, making fun of me and stuff. No, I just, I just like the idea that we've said it at, that that the number is forty two right now. It's, I guess, like that. Yeah, right. It's super convenient. Well, happy Halloween, everybody, and we've come full circle. And it makes me so happy to announce that our final movie for this spooky season is twenty twenty two, not nineteen eighty six. That's twenty twenty two, and this is Hellraiser. <laughs> Yes, yes, I can see the joy emanating from your face. Certainly a film that did not need to exist. (laughs) Well, now there's two of them. Well, there's two Hellraiser 1s. There are several Hellraiser There are 11 of them. There are a lot of Hellraiser movies, and they got the quality dropped pretty uh, stiffly off a cliff. Well, well, this one is done in an entirely new way, in an entirely new fashion. There's not nearly as much leather on the Cenobites this time. It is mostly just skin and <laughs> exposed muscle underneath. Cool. And, of course, you know, pins and other le- other accoutrements stuck into them at various places. Yeah, I mean, there's the Cenobites. How's that puzzle box looking these days? Oh, the puzzle box looks great. I, it's I gone you know what? a lot. If I found that in a shop, I would be playing with it, too. It just looks great. God, you're so dumb. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess go for it, Fry. Yeah. Tell me what what's up. So, I'm going to have to explain something first. Before I saw this movie, I had never seen a Hellraiser movie. <laughs> oh, you didn't see the original. Okay. I did not see the original. So, unfortunately, I can't do the fun comparison between the old and the new and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only I, there was someone who could. I suspect Russ, Russ will, will cover some of that. So, I'm not going to try to do that. I'm looking at this as someone who'd never seen a Hellraiser movie and jumped into this one with the reboot. Okay. You know, I knew a little bit about it. I knew we've got, we've got some kind of puzzle box. We've got some demons who are, uh, shall we say a little bit on the sadistic side and (laughs) they like to find unwitting people through the use of the puzzle box. That was about all I knew going into it. And Mm. the intro to the movie does try to, remind you of all of that just in case you weren't sure uh so we've got this we've got this really rich dude he's Ooh, tell me pl- it's a text crawl no no oh, it, it, this movie doesn't do any of that <laughs> okay cool so we've got this guy he's throwing a party and one of the people at the party just kind of wanders off a little bit he's like "Ooh, this is a pretty nice house let's see what's in some of the other rooms here Fry, i apologize hold up a second one of my fucking neighbors is mowing their lawn Uh, To give the the listeners context for this uh, doubtlessly cut segment, it is dark outside. (laughs) The sun sun has set. Has descended below the horizon, and one of my dumbass neighbors is mowing the lawn. It's Thursday evening. To give even more context to our listeners, it is so dark that your room is also devoid of light. We see yes. we see James's face illuminated only by his monitor, and this room faces west. When the sun is setting, my windows let all the light in. Yeah. Now Russ and I, you can't tell for sure, but at least there's light on in the room. But James is I don't have any lights on. Total blackness. Oh, so that's all sunlight for you, Russ. It's all sunlight. I I, I yeah, do live on the west zone. coast. Yeah, he's in a different time zone. Remember, Fry, it sets in the west. No, <laughs> it's set here already. Okay, I can't hear it anymore. I already marked the time. If I have to, if I have to do a noise reduction on you, I will. Okay, go ahead, Fry. I'm sorry. This is it's just I can't believe these fucking people. Anyway, all right. So, so we've got this party guest. He's he's wandering around a little bit. He's a he's a young man, and he happens to come across a nice little, a nearly empty room that's got a bunch of different artifacts along the wall and stuff like that. And of course, right in the middle on this this nice little dais is a is a puzzle box. And so he starts picking it up and playing with it. 
Like like you do, right? You're, you're in some rich guy's house and there's clearly a very expensive puzzle box sitting out. You pick it up and goof around with it. You were not raised properly. Please continue. <laughs> this is why I don't get invited back to places. If I anyway. was rich and you started playing with my shit, I'd be like, sir, sir. I'll call call the guards and the hounds. James, set out some puzzle boxes at your house for next time I'm there. I have puzzle boxes. on. I mean, they're not the demonic kind, but you know. I'll start playing with them. Oh, that's. I guess that's okay. We'll see. It was okay for that guy, too, then. Everything was fine. So he starts playing with the puzzle box. <laughs> James is glaring at me over a large glass of whiskey. I gave you explicit... You don't need to tell everyone... the puzzle box itself isn't really deeply described in the book but from the last movie it's iconic like everyone knows what the puzzle box looks like or as it's called the le marchand configuration or the lament configuration and uh, they did revamp it substantially for this movie and in a good way because in the original movies it's pretty easy. It's supposed to be difficult to solve. But yeah. in the original movies, it doesn't look that hard to solve. Like, you move a couple of bits, and then the pain demons come. In this one, yeah. there are a fuck ton of steps to get through. Yeah. So cool. so he starts picking it up and playing with it, and he's figuring out the steps, and it's slowly coming together. And in walks the owner of the house. And he's like, oh, shit, sorry, it just looked really cool. Is it okay if I play with this? He's like, yeah, in fact, go ahead and solve it if you don't mind. And (laughs) so the guy solves it. And as you solve it, a nice blade jabs right out of it, hopefully into your flesh. In this case, very much into his flesh. Mm. And as soon as it has drank of your blood, you are marked by the Cenobites. And about a couple of minutes later... A bunch of chains are going to shoot out from the air and hold you up in the sky while some Cenobites come out to drag your ass to hell. Did the rich guy know about all this? Oh, yes. In f- so oh, okay. Okay. he has found this for a while. He's been working on this for a while. And obviously the trick, well, so when you get it to its final configuration, you can ask for a wish from essentially Satan. They call it right. the Leviathan. And... The trick is to get it to its final configuration without being the one who gets dragged to hell prematurely. So he's been setting this up for people to solve while he's around (laughs) so that he can take the sacrifice and then get his wish. And he gets his wish. He's, He's a rich guy. He's had all the sensations that life can bring him. He's He's done everything he can as a mortal and he wants access to greater supernatural sensations. Well, that's how... But isn't that how the Cenobites became Cenobites? Weren't he they originally mortal? He and didn't then, watch the original movies either. <laughs> he okay. has no idea that this is a bad choice. Oh, okay. So now we cut forward six years. And now we get to the the real main characters in the real story. Um, oh, okay. That was just like a... Okay, got it. I mean, it, it's set up for <laughs> this something This will come back later. later. <laughs> yeah, the, don't worry. Put a pin in that. It's important. Okay. okay. Ah, a pin in that, like in the <laughs> head. <laughs> ah, you got me. a hundred pins in the eyeballs. Anyway. What was their pin budget for this movie? They go through so many pins. And they use them, too. Like, this, they aren't just decoration, like, like that I kind of always thought pinheads, pins were just there for show. But the <laughs> the pinhead in this pulls one out and uses it to stab people. We see people getting tortured with pins going through their throat. Just oh, gross. all kinds of uses of these pins. They are <laughs> mostly a for of stabbing. The mostly for stabbing, yes, but stabbed yeah. in so many different ways. <laughs> so many as, uses for these pins. It's as, like they're collecting butterflies or something. And pinhead's just like, oh, well, that'll stick nicely yeah. there. <laughs> That's a monarch sticks it right on his head. Um, we've done like a, a hundred episodes or something like that, and I don't think I've seen any movies with as many pin stabbings as this one. Well, number okay. two is paprika. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. All so right. we've got our main characters. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. Riley, who's this recovering drug addict. Uh, she's our main character. She lives with her Matt, her brother Matt, and his boyfriend. And they also have a roommate. And then she's got her boyfriend. And her boyfriend, he's, he's talking to her one night. And he says, hey, you know, I, I know about this storage facility that's, you know, 
not very well protected that's probably got some cool rich guy stuff in it because this rich guy just disappeared six years ago. We should break into this rich guy place and steal all this stuff, right? And she's like, yeah, cool. Sounds good. Flimsy, flimsy. I like it. Yeah, you know, we just need the flimsiest reason to get started. I mean, I love the idea that, like, somebody's mansion would be abandoned for six years and not one single vulture has descended upon it. Someone emptied out the house and put it all in, like, a a you store it 24 hours. Oh, a storage unit. Okay, okay, okay. I, too, have seen American pickers. (laughs) God, that would be the best episode of of one of those where you bid on, like, a a storage unit site unseen and they open it up and it's just the puzzle box. And they're like, well, might as well play with this. In my imagination, that's a hell of a lot better reason to just end up with a storage unit than just, hey, let's go break into this rich guy's storage unit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that actually is. That would be a way better introduction because, yeah, I, I the whole, like, urban legend about the rich guy who left behind a cursed treasure has been around in one form or another for you know forever so since pharaohs <laughs> i mean it probably goes back farther than that but yeah they get in there and they find out well the only thing in here is this puzzle box that's weird so they take it because it looks valuable they figure they'll pawn it for a couple of bucks she takes it with her and it's just you know it's just so darn interesting she keeps playing <laughs> with it a little bit seeing how the pieces move together and the next day she's still playing with it she's she's with her brother matt and he goes inside to, I think there's like a restroom or somewhere and she's sitting outside and she's just playing with the box and she almost has it together and she decides to to slide it together, but she's being real careful with it. And so she holds it in a very awkward way as she slides those together. And mm-hmm. so the blade pops out, but it doesn't cut her. And then she has a vision. The, uh, the pinhead Cenobite shows up to her and tells her, hey, you know, you, you fucked up, you... You, you got to get us a sacrifice. Did you not read the instructions? <laughs> and basically tells her she has to find someone else to, to mark for death. And she's having this vision. And in the real world, she's just sitting there like, like she's having a seizure. Right. So her brother comes out. And wouldn't you know it, while he's trying to help her, he gets himself just a yeah. little bit cut with that puzzle box. Yep. <laughs> and the setup box like, oh, hey, hey, good looking out. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> So from here, it's going to be, you know, he's going to get taken horribly, of course. I mean, no one no one dies easy in this, just in case <laughs> you were worried about that. Well, no, they're, they're not called the murderers. They're called the Cenobites. Like, they have major, major problems. It's, yeah, not, I mean, the, it's not the horribly efficient killers. <laughs> yeah. They don't just walk in and go, blam, and then leave. <laughs> the very first thing that happens is massive chains shoot out of a portal and, like, hold you yeah. hold you spread apart. Hooks, so chains, Not a pins. very pleasant thing. Yep. He, as far as anyone in the real world can tell, disappears. It yep. becomes this mystery she's trying to solve of like, where did he go? Did what he go the fuck is the this box? puzzle box? Because she <laughs> saw the vision. She yeah. knows these are connected. But who's going to believe her, a recovering drug addict? Didn't she get a wish, though? No, you only get the wish if you get it to the final form. You got to you yeah. basically oh. got to do like seven sacrifices if you're going to get yeah. a wish. Oh. Out it is an so, expensive gotcha. way to get one wish. That depends on what the wish is. Well, for, for efficiency's sake, if you do that, you should then wish for a genie in a bottle so that <laughs> yeah. you could get additional wishes without yeah, more murder. I, I, yeah, ideally you would just wish for some other way to get wishes. Yeah, because this is a bad one. Seven configurations, <laughs> seven Dragon Balls. We see where this is going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see you've read that paper too, Russ. <laughs> So, so they've started oh, investigating what happened to this guy and how all his stuff got here mm-hmm. and just leaving a trail of accidental bodies in their wake. <laughs> as, wait, body. really? Yeah. yeah, people keep getting accidentally cut with the puzzle box at inopportune times. <laughs> Even people who, like, know better get cut by it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so even people who know better <laughs> yeah. now well, you know better than to get cut who... by that demon summoner okay i have i have a very important question about this yeah part. yeah it's not a comedy <laughs> no i know that no i mean it's funny in concept you gotta admit that sure but, sure but here's the thing so <laughs> i wasn't a huge fan of the original hellraiser but i know this one's different so I'm giving it a chance. How much time, screen time, do we spend watching people get tortured by the Cenobites? It's not like, overwhelming. 
as, more, as, a, as a percentage of the total movie. More than in the 1986 one, less than in Hellraiser 3. I didn't see any subsequent Hellraiser well, Don't worry, I did, and I can make comparisons. Okay, Here, well, here's what I would say about that. Super helpful. I, yeah. I am someone who gets fairly squeamish about torture yes. scenes. Yes. And the way these are done didn't trigger that for me at all. Like, it's it's okay. so over the top and usually <laughs> usually a fairly quick affair. They've got seven people to murder. They don't have time to show every inch of skin being removed. <laughs> right, right. And and so it, it didn't bother me. I don't think that part's going to likely be disquieting or upsetting in any way. And the story, the story has places to go. So the story is going to move along right. from there generally. The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker is the novel upon which Hellraiser is based. Now, here's the problem. Hellraiser 1986 is a direct adaptation of The Hellbound Heart. Yeah. You could remake that one shot for shot if you wanted to, but, I mean, I guess you could modernize it. would be even more unnecessary than this one. So all they kept for this one was Puzzle Box, Cinnabites, and I think that's it. Okay, just, yeah. just like and the those concept. Are really, those really are the main elements that I remember. From, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't really remember the story all that well. Yeah, if you've got those, it's a Hellraiser movie. I'm not going to belabor the mystery of it. Like her boyfriend turned out to be working for the rich dude to get someone to get the puzzle box. Oh, what a dumbass! So they, <laughs> the, the, but he got got the rich dude for his wish asked for new sensations. And yeah. boy, th- this is probably the one torture that they really spend the most time on. He got his wish all right in the form <laughs> of a massive contraption. Think uh, almost twice as big as a shoebox that has gone through his sternum. Okay. <laughs> and all of his nerves are wrapped around coils within this box. And oh my. it twists them at random intervals in such a way that he can never, he can't get numb to the pain. It never stops. It's just constant new pain for eternity. This is Tom Waits's music box. <laughs> I mean, that is a very Cenobite thing to do. I'll give yeah. him that. Um, yeah, you, you got to be careful I what you this, wish for. I Well, th- this rich guy is the dumbest person on the face of the earth because he knew about what they were. And he still asked them for new sensations, so I have to believe he wanted that the whole time. One can only like, assume that this his was his wish plan. was fulfilled. He got what he wanted, and not in a technical way. Like this is like even if he had said in the way I hope and dream, this still would have happened because there's no way you would ask a Cenobite for new sensations. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. Look at well, them. Just he's wearing his own gold. penis as a hat. <laughs> <laughs> ask for gold and dip. Don't fucking mess with them. They're going to give you gold spikes through your eyes. <laughs> like, whatever oh, you want, it's not going to be the way you want it. It's that, it's yeah, that bit in Game of Thrones where he asks for his crown and he dumps molten gold on his head. Yeah, yeah exactly. Crown for a king. <laughs> so we find out that this movie is actually his really long customer service call to complain about <laughs> the service he's received. Because you... you you know, you can't just give it back. It's it's kind of lodged in him. I don't think a doctor is going to be able to do anything with this. Yeah, let's uh, take one look and be like, how are you alive? Sir? I can just, like, I wonder if he tried conventional medicine first. Like, because he was rich. <laughs> presumably got access to doctors or health insurance or something. <laughs> doctors And go in and be screen. like, look, I fell on this. It got stuck in me. You know, people always fall on things that get stuck in them. It was never on And you purpose. know how sometimes your nerves just unwrap from other corners of your body and... <laughs> My favorite bit about this is that he's a rich guy, and so now he's tailored all of his suits to accommodate this thing. (laughs) Yes, yes, he very much has. Wait, 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 hold on. I I missed something here. Wait, wait, hold on. I missed something very important that makes this much, much funnier. So he's not in hell with the Senate. No, 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 no. No. They just stuck the box in him and peaced out. And peaced out. Yes. Yeah. He is haunting his mansion. No way! Yeah, <laughs> you are you fucking kidding me? So all this time Who he's been trying to get this? people to solve the puzzle box for him, so he can return the gift he got last time. Who plays this rich guy? Oh yeah, Goran Vishnish. Mm. 
Yeah, you've Man, seen him in a lot of television stuff. He's he he is very conventionally attractive, and so he you know okay. makes a good rich guy. Oh my god! I okay. I thought he was in hell. Do, do, oh no no no! They this, just stuck just the box out. on him. Becoming a Cenobite is a whole different thing. Uh, sacrifices don't become Cenobites. No no no! I didn't think he'd become a Cenobite. I just thought okay, new sensations come with us, and then they just torture the crap out of him. Because well, that's what happened um, in the original. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is. I would say significantly stupider. <laughs> the, the, the problem is with Cenobites, you're already skirting around like Christian hell. It's not really quite that. Not really. But it's real. It's kind of in that area. And then you, but then you leave Same their one code. of their devices in the mortal realm or whatever you want to call it, the people land. And I'm having trouble seeing how this is not the silliest thing you've ever seen. I mean, aside from the the horror of it, because I like Cenobites. Oh yes, you, I can see that. Anyway, Fry, uh, please continue. So, I want to I want to take your temperature a little bit here. How are you feeling yeah. about this? Because the ending is a little bit ridiculous and absurd, and I really oh, enjoyed don't it. The, the whole showdown at the mansion is like is that's the funnest part. Don't tell him that. Yeah, I, I will oh, say no. one other part I really enjoyed though. There's one part like right when they're just getting to the mansion. Mm-hmm. And they're they're like trying to close the gates and get themselves to a safe spot, and the puzzle box is demanding another sacrifice, and the Cenobites are chasing him, and Riley gets the idea: what if we stab a Cenobite with this thing? And that works. It gets ripped to shreds, <laughs> and it is so happy to be ripped. I was going to gonna say, I bet it was having a great time. Blood for the blood god. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it was it was really because this was a one of the Cenobites that didn't speak, and I think its eyes were even covered. So its 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 ability to express itself was very limited, <laughs> but you could definitely tell from the body language that it no, was Fry, like honored Fry, they, to get this. Uh, Fry they ex- they they express themselves via pain. Yes. So, well, he was clearly quite cl- pleased to be about to receive this pain. Oh yeah, for sure. They love pain. It's like their whole thing. Yeah, I saw there, there was there was a Rick and Morty episode about it. <laughs> uh, there was a Rick and Morty episode that did a sort of a take on it, which I really liked because it kind of started pointing out the the silliness of taking pleasure equals pain and equating it to sort of everything. Like yeah. good is bad, bad is good, like that sort of thing. Any any questions for me about this movie? No, I'm still sort of mulling it over. I'm trying to envision that they left this guy in the mortal world with a box in his chest and his shit wrapped around stuff in there. I mean, I don't know what it looks like. I'm sure it looks, you know, crazy, but it looks uh, like it fits in a Hellraiser movie. <laughs> yeah. But like in the hell part, not in the human part. Well, anyway. we don't really see hell in this. We, the Cenobites are always coming here to do their shit. Interesting. Like we right. see some corridors oh. that are, I guess in hell. That's all you see in the original it. movie yeah. too. Which is fine. You don't, yeah, you don't need to see a ton of it. So, Russ, uh, would you philosophize? Of course I will. Odessa Ozion plays uh, Riley, and she does a good job. And Jamie Clayton plays Pinhead. And we'll get to her in just a second. So, I'm going to talk about movie remakes. Yes. Now, movie remakes are usually a mistake. And I'm going to, <laughs> I have in my notes here, I have usually written in caps. Now, yeah. I'm going to put it to the peanut gallery. What is a movie that you want to see remade? Hmm. A movie I want to see remade. Now, One are we that, talking any kind of remake or yes. like this where they. No, this is, this is your choice. You can have this movie. It was done once. You didn't like the way it was done. You have ideas to make it better. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I was going to say, I, my sense of nostalgia doesn't want those movies to be remade. The only thing I can think about when you say remakes is The Thing, and I get very angry because I hated the remake. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't want to remake or The Thing. Or the prequel, whatever. Here's, here's where my mind went, and this could go very terribly, I will admit that. But I think there'd be <laughs> at least a chance for someone to make a really good remake of Back to the Future. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no, I, I think screaming. it's. I think it could be done. I think it could be great. That movie should. Those movies should stay dead and buried. Fry, you're you're gonna hate the later part of this because I'm gonna give some rules for making movie remakes. <laughs> and you just broke a big one. <laughs> All right. 
So. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't really like remakes. I would rather see a new film and a new idea, even mm. if it's re- recycled from other stuff, but put into like a new context. I would rather see that than any remake. Well, I have an answer. And my answer is The Ninth Gate, which is a oh. 1999 picture adapted from the book The Club du Mans. And that's always been my biggest cinematic disappointment. That's Roman Polanski directing Johnny Depp and Frank Langella, and it falls right on its face. I should probably try to do yeah. it myself. Like, I'm convinced I could do a better job using only Put out a the filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. At the, I, I remember that one. Actually, now that you bring it up, I guess I would like to see that one be remade because the end is so bad, but yeah. everything leading up well, no, to it. No, everything is, like is so bad. Yeah. Just the editing knowledge I have right now, I think I could do better. And yes, I'm aware that Roman <laughs> Polanski is a sex criminal. He's also a good director who should have never started putting his wife in things. Emmanuel Singer can't act. Deal with it. Anyway. Yeah. And Disney has such a hard-on for remaking their own shit these days, and everyone knows it's not going to be good. Mulan, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, all shit. But Disney knows that people will watch them, and for the life of me, I have no idea why people do. But then, but then, you have the remakes that aren't mistakes. Dune, 2021. Casino Royale, 2006. A Star is Born, 2018, just to name a few. And there's nothing better than a remake that completely overshadows or reinvents the original. Especially for spooky season. Horror gets it right all the time. It, 2017. Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1992. The Blob, 1988. The Invisible Man, 2019. The Fucking Fly. Cronenberg's The Fly, 1986. And, of course, The Thing, 1982. All blow the originals out of the water. And I can't tell anyone which movies they shouldn't remake because, for one, they'll never listen to me, and for two, you never know until you try. Now, here's the thing, and a lot of people purists especially, will hate me for saying this, Hellraiser 1986 isn't very good. <laughs> oh, I, I agree, by the way. I'm not like a Hellraiser fan or anything, just in it's case you were wondering. fine. But it yeah. leans on its special effects and character design, which are beyond reproach, by the way. The sequence where Frank's corpse gets reanimated holds up 40 years later. Well, nearly 40 years later. But the acting is cringy as fuck, and for reasons incomprehensible to me, the producers relocated the setting from England to the United States, so they had to redub a bunch of characters to get rid of their accents. Now, this is not an amazing movie, and the best parts are the Cenobites and the Puzzle Box. Yeah. Nostalgia makes for a tasty sweetener, but most of the movies you loved when you were younger are not as good as you remember. The original Hellraiser from 1986 had nine sequels. Was yeah. there that much story that needed to be retold? <laughs> Did they go direct-to-video after two or three? I think it was after three they went to direct-to-video. I think it was after three. They were just all direct-to-video, yeah. Now, Clive Barker has directed three feature-length films based on his own works. They are Hellraiser, Nightbreed, and Lord of Illusions. Of these, one is watchable if you're not drinking. that being said hellraiser is the perfect choice for a remake it was a movie that got mixed reviews on its original run there was a whole lot you could fix it spawned a bunch of sequels that nobody except me watched and you get to keep all the best bits the cenobites and that awesome bell noise that happens whenever they show up Also, Pinhead is trans now and is played by a trans woman. And I love that people try to get mad about this on Twitter for like six seconds. One tweet I saw, this guy said, a trans Pinhead? That'll ruin the franchise. (laughs) First, the character in the book is completely agender. And second, it's a telekinetic sex demon from literal hell. You're complaining that your telekinetic sex demon from literal hell is trans. Trans. That is an amazing degree of disconnect. In America, our demons are strange. <laughs> like, I, yeah, that is wild. I did not know. I mean, I know. I mean, I guess people will be petty and stupid about anything, but like, that's wild that people complained about that. <laughs> now, back to the topic. 
If you're going to try and remake something, never use a beloved property. And never try to remake an already influential movie. Here are some movies that people actually tried to remake. Psycho, 1998. They tried to go shot for shot. You're telling me that anyone is going to outdo Hitchcock on a shot for shot remake. The Mummy, 2017. That was an attempted reboot of a remake that was already better than the original. Yeah. Old Boy, Spike Lee, 2013. The original was 10 years earlier, 2003. All they did was make the language English and the ending dumber. Well, and also, yeah, the new one was not good at all. Spike Lee should have known better. RoboCop 2014. Let's just throw all that (laughs) satire out the window. I would like to voice a very unpopular opinion. I kind of like the new RoboCop. (laughs) I forgot about the new RoboCop until now. It it wasn't like as entertaining as it should have been, but I like kind of some of the themes, and and also I thought the robots looked cool. And here's one oh, that you just didn't threw even... threw a tomato at me? What the hell? <laughs> you didn't even know they remade this one. Ben-Hur. What? There's a remake from Ben-Hur that came out in 2016, directed by, of all people, Tamir Bekmandatov. The original Ben-Hur <laughs> won 11 Oscars, and you're like, I'm going to get 12. <laughs> I bet I can do it better. Well, but also, I would also like to point out about Ben-Hur, because I have actually seen Ben-Hur, and if you tried to remake that movie today, you would be burned at the stake (laughs) because it is not shall we say a very sensitive film about other cultures now what do all these and the countless countless others have in common money of course they're they're all remade just to make money and sometimes they make money and sometimes they don't but if you have a remake that exists completely in the name of profit rather than art you're never going to capture the magic of an original like, if, right. if profit is your game, you're not going to make up anything memorable. Overall, of course, the best remakes bring something new to the table. They throw out the old, they modernize, they reinvent. Now, this Hellraiser does those things. And I'm going to stop the sentence there. <laughs> I, was, I was about to ask how that sentence was going to end. Uh, so, wise choice, Russ. Wise choice. Well, boys, you present me with a conundrum. Uh, I feel a little bit of pressure, I'll be honest, to see this because I I kind of want to talk about it with you. <laughs> but I know for a fact it's not going to be a good movie. <laughs> so there's the difference between a good movie and a fun time. This yep. is definitely a fun time. Yep. Russ, do you have something to say? <laughs> I was thinking about memorable lines, and mm. the the only reason to watch this is for Pinhead. Yeah. Because the plot is very stupid, and, yeah. I mean, you know yeah. what's going to happen. It's like, here's a box and chains come out. Like, that's, that's Hellraiser. And Pinhead had some perfect lines in the first movie, like, <laughs> no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. What is it you pray for? Okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to watch this movie. (laughs) I know that in some way that I cannot yet see, I'm going to regret it. (laughs) But I think it will be fun to talk about it with you next time. And you remember how I took all those notes on that silly Viking movie we watched? This might be another one where I take extensive note. Or no, remember, or what was the, oh, the, the LARPing movie. Remember I took oh, all God, the notes yeah. on that? Oh, yeah. And you, and you were like, gee, shut up already. Well, that might happen on this that one. Knights of Badass. Knights of Badass. Yeah, Knights yeah. 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 of Badass. That's right. Well, there was a lot I liked about it. It just wasn't quite there. Uh, I had notes, basically. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this and. I'll be shaking my fist at you in, in, in impotent rage if I hate it. And uh, we can talk about it next time. And that's a nice closeout to the spooky season. Do you, preferably Halloween themed, but if not, that's fine, have any recommendations for our listeners? Well, this is less a recommendation than a question. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you guys might have either of y'all seen a movie titled Yakuza Princess. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, okay. 
I started watching it this weekend, <laughs> and the first five minutes of it do seem promising, but then something happened and we and I fell asleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely not a recommendation, Fry. But uh, but well done. If you want to watch the first five minutes of something, Yaka's a princess. <laughs> the first five minutes. <laughs> I got a uh, I got a recommendation for you. It was yeah. um, X. Oh. That's that's the title. It's X, the, the, and it oh, is okay. just a slasher movie. That's all it is. I, I like a couple of takes on things. It feels like a fun follow-up, kind of in the vibe of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, it introduces oh, yes. a couple of pretty memorable characters, and I would recommend watching it under the influence of a controlled substance. <laughs> For just the briefest moment, when you were talking about that movie... In my head, I had American History X for some <laughs> reason, and you were talking about it. And I was like, uh, "Russ, actually, wait, oh, oh, different movie." I don't know that I have a Halloweeny sort of recommendation, but I just finished out the last two episodes, or I don't know if the last ones, but the most recent two episodes of the most recent Rick and Morty season. And I feel like they were aimed directly at me. They were like, hey, we're going to entertain James this week because they had all these like game, video game references I recognize. It was. I don't know. I, I felt, I guess, seen. Is that how you would say it? Can I just shatter all your dreams? Sure. They know their audience. Yeah, I mean, they do, right? But uh, And sometimes I'm ashamed to be part of that audience because <laughs> I've seen Reddit and I know what they're like. But anywho, yeah, I, I would say it's a pretty good season. It's pretty funny. And uh, yeah, There's I that one it. episode of Love on the Spectrum where we go into that one guy's bedroom and there's Pickle Rick sitting on the bed. You're like, <laughs> you are not going to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do own one thing of Pickle Rick merchandise. It was a, a holiday gift from a co-worker several years ago because they didn't fucking know anything about me. But bless their hearts, they got me a gift anyway. So it is a pair of socks with Pickle Rick on them. And I do not... Where are them? This seems like a maladjusted fellow. <laughs> yeah, I was, I don't know. They, they had asked me what I was into, and I was like, oh, you know, I like carpentry. Sometimes I play video games. Like, what shows do you like? And at the time, I literally just finished binging the first couple seasons of it or whatever. I was like, oh, I don't know. I watched Rick and Morty the other night, but I wasn't like, you know, we well, were just. Now talking. you are defined by that to Now them. I'm the Rick and Morty guy. He's like, that's, that's the only thing he does. He's a fan. So. Does he walk by and say, hey, Rick and Morty? <laughs> Jesus. No, no. Well, it was it was it was a she and no, she did not do that. Um that would be harassment. All right. Uh we're going to sign off before we uh like we just jerk off entirely all, uh, into our microphones here. James, did you finish that glass? Of course. Okay, that's why we're having so much problem signing off. It, <laughs> it wasn't all whiskey. There was Okay, you're distracting me. This is your fault. Right. Sorry for distracting you on the podcast we're on. All your fault. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to Hey James, Watch This. Have a great day, and don't drink bleach.